episode 102 of Welcome to Level 7, Shield, issue number 7, The Strange Case of Daisy Johnson and Mr. Hyde, plus a whole bunch of Marvel comic and movie news. Yeah, lots of it. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello there, Agents. I am Ben, Ben Avery, and I am just sitting here bopping my head to the music as that uh, opening credits just plays into my ear holes. And I have to thank J.S. Earls for that. He made some good music that we're using there. Uh, He is an unseen partner of Welcome to Level 7, but I have a seen partner, if by seen you mean heard, often... Oh, you're hearing the music. Uh, Anyway, here's here's, here's the other guy. Boom. (laughs) Hey, Daniel. Daniel here. Daniel, do you remember when you were the other guy? I do remember. Do you remember those days? days? Maybe someday we'll talk about that. Oh, I'm sure we will in a in an anniversary episode of one thing or another. Hey, funny thing, I was bopping my head too. Were you? So, yeah, it's head bopping music. I have to say, I do. Dude, it's a big night. It is. It is. We are here to talk about. Well, as of what two days ago, this was just going to be a quickie. Hey, let's talk about comics episode. And then some pretty huge news items broke loose. So I'm going to just say this, though, now. If you don't usually listen to the comic episodes, listen to this one. Yeah. There may even have to be a spoiler warning. Uh, Maybe. I mean, there's... Say a little bit more than I typically do about comics. This is the most important comic book episode ever. I know some of you are here just for the news because you saw it on Facebook and you wanted to hear us talk about it. But this could be the most important comic book episode ever. Oh, I or would it could just be a big dud. <laughs> I would definitely agree. Most important comic book episode ever. Yes. Or a big dud. Or a or a big dud. Yeah, yeah, sure. Really important. <laughs> well, it is. Uh there's a lot of stuff coming out right now. And so, yeah, with the comic stuff, it's going to be sandwiched in between huge news section and a small feedback section. We've got some feedback on S.H.I.E.L.D., the TV show that we haven't gotten to yet because we've been talking about Daredevil. So, yeah, yeah, this is going to be a big one. This... Play the sounder, buddy. Let's go in. Okay, so we're jumping into our S.H.I.E.L.D. intelligence report. And here we are. So, sir, a lot of news broke in the last 24 hours. Well, let's start with the news about my favorite female post-war secret agent. So, Jarvis and Agent Souza returning to Agent Carter. Yes. Which means they're going to L.A. Pack your bags, boys. Yeah, uh, that's great news. Uh, Not unexpected news. And certainly not enough news to make us you know do the whole thing that we uh were talking about earlier about this being the most important comic episode ever no no but but hey did you also hear that even though marvel refused to comment there are also rumors of deals for 
Agent Jack Thompson, Dottie, and of course, Angie from Hydra. Yeah. And again, it all makes sense. She had a great supporting cast. And yeah, Dottie, I could see. I just wanted to say Angie from Hydra. And Angie, Angie's the little one I'm a little bit on the fence about. Like, how? Well, she's got to go to LA to make that big break. That, As you know, historically, you know, the, at, that could be. Hollywood's booming. That could be. I mean, yeah. we're. Go out west to where your dreams are, kids. <laughs> go west, young man. I am curious, uh, you know, why why the locale change? If it's a important story element, or if it's just, hey, we can film cheaper out here in Los Angeles, and or Vancouver pretending to be Los Angeles. I doubt that. I doubt that. But yeah, I, I doubt it too. I mean, Vancouver it can it can double for a lot of places. Ohio. I just can't imagine Peru, LA I can't imagine LA based Sweden, film studios Norway. using Vancouver to look like Los Angeles. When, yeah, I agree. yeah. All right, so let's get off that news. I want to talk about some comic news real real fast. It's oh. a comic episode. Uh, how fast do you want to talk? Well, I'm I want to point out some things. This so, is some big news here too to me. Well, it it impacts our Marvel our comic book episodes in the future. It does. So we've already got right, weird stuff coming up and this just gets a little bit more interesting, but go ahead. So right at the moment, and we really haven't talked about this a lot. There's this event going on called secret war. And at the end of secret war, Marvel's basically going to restart all their titles in many ways, all their superhero titles. So earlier they had announced some of their titles, like all new, all Driffin Avengers, which is going to have Ms. Marvel in the Avengers. Which is good for Ms. Marvel, bad for people who have to read that title out loud. Yeah. But today they announced some more titles of note. And Ben, there's two of them that caught our eye. Yeah, there's one that should have caught my eye, but I'm just not excited about that. Um, well, well, the most relevant. And one. I'm not talking about the totally awesome Hulk. <laughs> The totally awesome Hulk. The totally awesome Hulk. Can hey, someone... that's going to bring in the kids. <laughs> Old men like you may not like it, but the kids like me. Wait, 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 wait. We're a hot mess about the all new, all hot mess Hulk. The totally awesome Hulk is meant to bring in the kids. That's the At... phrase that the kids' grandparents use now. Dude, it's totally awesome. <laughs> yeah. You notice how just naturally that rolled off your old man tongue? Yeah. What? Yeah. You need to get fresh and hip, buddy. Okay. You're such a square. (laughs) Are you doing the actual draw the square in front of you? Nice. Ah! Excellent. All right. So so two two titles of note that we need to pay attention to. Well, let's see. But one one we absolutely have to pay attention to, which is Agents of Shield. By Mark Guggenheim. Yeah, who did who was uh, attached to Arrow. Yeah, he's a he's a television writer. Um yikes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but, I, I believe he was the driving force behind Eli. Never saw it. Oh, that was a really interesting lawyer show about a guy who has a head injury and <laughs> head injuries. That was the head injury right there. <laughs> uh, actually, that's my wife making cookies for a meeting that I have tomorrow. She's going to let me take him into work. That so, is so nice of her. It is. But here's why this matters. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., basically our S.H.I.E.L.D. title will be discontinued. I believe there's probably two more issues. Um, about and, that. 
And then there's five one-shots that'll be coming out in uh, September. Which is going to be crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited about them because they're one-shots about Melinda May, one-shot about Quake, uh, one-shot about um, Agent Carter, a one-shot about Nick Fury. There'll be time travel shenanigans. Um, it'll, it'll be fun. But then... That we will be going into a uh, basically a series that shares a title with our TV show. Yeah. So Shield will be replaced by Agents of Shield is basically what I see when I look at this. Yes. But wait, wait, wait. That's a good point to make though. That's what we are inferring from this. Well, and the reason we infer that is because the cover shot that we've seen has Coulson on the cover. Yes. Yes. So we don't know about the rest of the team, but we do know that Coulson makes it through Secret War. And so we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That's great. I'm going to keep plugging along with that as long as it it's, keeps plugging along with us. What's the other one, Daniel? Well, and the funny thing is that, that when we debated about it, yeah. and I thought of you and Comic Book Time Machine. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's... it's howling, howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. Now, Nick Fury and his Howling Commandos... commandos uh, comes goes way back to the world war ii era stories that they used to tell and dum dum dugan and all that kind of thing right yeah and dum dum dugan you know he's got a long history including fighting monsters like godzilla he also has a history of being a a favorite uh commando of of one of the hosts of welcome to level seven um maybe both of them i really like dugan we we both like dugan and so, yes, he is – Dum Dum Dugan is the star of Marvel's Godzilla comic from the late 70s. He is so, chasing Godzilla across America and doing it in a S.H.I.E.L.D. helicarrier. Um, the, the, episode, the issue that I just reviewed for Comic Book Time Machine, they pulled out a new giant helicarrier that could actually carry Godzilla in its hold. But – but that's not all with Howling Commandos, though. Well, and we actually had a debate. We had it well because there's another Howling Commandos. Yes. So the first question that went out was Dugan or monsters? Yes, because there's been monster Howling Commandos. A couple different variations on that, including right now in Secret War, where Mrs. Deadpool and the Howling Commandos mm. are out there. I couldn't believe that there was actually a Man Thing comic book out there that I chose to just let it go. <laughs> I think you'd like Mrs. Deadpool. She's very centered. and It's not Mrs. Deadpool. It's that <laughs> you open the first page of the book and who do you see? Deadpool. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, didn't he's, know. It's his ghost or something like that. He's like well, he did die. He's narrating the entire thing. And I'm just, I don't feel like. He I'm loves his woman. I'm not in the mood for it. He loves his demon monster lady. <laughs> so anyway. But, but this case, it's both. It's the monsters and Dugan combined. Apparently. So we'll have Man-Thing and Dum-Dum. I'm excited about this book. So, Ben, here's the question. Yes. Does Howling Commandos of S.H.I.E.L.D. become our second featured comic of our comic episodes? I believe it will. And I think that this is me predicting. But as we move forward, we'll still continue doing a single comic episode a month. Uh, and then... Uh, it'll be coinciding with the Agents of Shield, and then whatever had come out, you know, in between those episodes. So if you know the Howling Commandos of Shield, 
when that issue comes out, we'll we'll talk about it along with Agents of Shield as our primary book. I think. Huzzah! Yeah, yeah. Because that's what the cool kids say. They say things like huzzah. Uh, again, um, I'm not sure how cool those kids are uh, or how young, <laughs> but I have heard young children say that. Yes. There you go. I have. All right, let's. There's a ton to the- of other comic stuff. There's there's a Howard the Duck thing. There's Guardians but, of the wait, Galaxy, Star Lord. Which one is it you weren't excited about? Howard the Duck. Okay. Is I, it because it's Chip Zdarsky? Yeah, I should be excited about it. The thing is, anyone who's not Steve Gerber writing Howard the Duck, they really have to nail it. And I'm just not. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, with 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 this current run and with this, I don't know what's going to be happening in the future there. But I'm not. I'm not excited about it. Um, and the the only other title that I confirm that I'll will be getting is Miss Marvel. Though I am going to give all different, all new, all awesome, all hot mess Avengers a try. Here's one more that I'm curious about. Almost curious enough to buy. Can you guess what it might be? Contest of Champions. I'm curious about that one, but not so much that I would buy it. That was that's one that if I had unlimited, I'd definitely read though. Venom Space Knight. No, I'll, I saw that. Yes, yes. Venom Space Knight. I'm a huge fan of Rom Space Knight. I think that's one of the greatest runs of Marvel Universe uh, toy tie-in comics ever. Um, that Mike, Rom and Micronauts are better than they deserve to be, better than they should be. They're pretty sophisticated storytelling, and both of them have a beginning, middle, and end. In the case of Micronauts, it has a beginning, a middle, an end, another middle, and another end. But yeah, so I'm I'm curious about that one. You know, as I'm looking here at this list, am I missing something? It looks like Mark Wade doesn't have a title in the future. I am not seeing anything in my Mark by Mark Wade. Interesting. I'm seeing Peter David return to Spider Man twenty ninety nine. That's cool. Um Yeah, I the thing is, this is a great jumping on point, I think, is what they're trying to to do with all of these. Um, they're trying to remain true to the past, but then they're also trying to say, hey, it's new, it's fresh. If you like Daredevil on Netflix, you should read Daredevil now as a comic book. If you like Nick Fury, uh, you're going to see him looking like he does in the movies. Only it's actually him and not his son. Uh, it's going to be that kind of thing where they're kind of have. I think they found a way to get the best of both worlds. At least they're going to try. At least they're going to try. That's that's. Though I did have one agent tell me today that instead of being a jumping on point, he was going to allow this to be a jumping off point because he had too many. Yeah, and I do see myself going down to two, maybe three titles a month from Marvel, not including Star Wars stuff. I'm not sure what I'm doing about that stuff, but that's for comic book time machine discussion, not for Welcome mm-hmm. to Level Seven. Lando's totally on my list. <laughs> I All will right, definitely now, read the graphic novel. Let's do the big one. All right, yeah, let's do the big one here. And it is a very big one. Um, it's an article that I think you sent me. I don't know yeah. who sent me this article. It's on IO9. Yeah, it's my boy Kevin yeah. with his Epcot hat. He talked about the future. The article of is the every, Marvel movies. Everything we just learned about the future of Marvel no- movies. From io9, and yeah, there's a ton of stuff here. Uh, how do you want to? How do you want to do this? I think let's just go back and forth. What I'll do is I'll read the the big headline, okay, and then we'll talk about it. All right. Well, go ahead. 
Number one, they're still settling on a Spider-Man villain. Yeah. Okay. So here's here's what this tells me. Uh, do you know what this tells me is that they haven't written the movie yet? Interesting. Yes. Professional now, writer. Well, here's the thing. I mean, you know, people, you don't find this kind of insight on other podcasts. I mean, you, this is why you come to Welcome to Level 7 is get this level of insight into, you know, the, the things that we're consuming here. They have not written it yet because if they had, they would know who the villain is. <laughs> so. Well, and I'm just glad to see the didn't default straight to Green Goblin. I am kind of too, but I don't know who else they could go with. That's the thing. I've been trying to think of who it could be. Uh, who would you like to see as a villain here? That's, really, that's not Green Villain. Uh, green I'd, Green Goblin. I'd really like to say, see Spider-Man take on Bane. Bane as in Batman. You know, the guy from Batman. Yeah. That would well, be cool. Well, Bane does have Venom, but <laughs> different Venom. Oh, different. Different. Venom. Here, here's an idea. Here's an idea. Maybe Mysterio, but what about Black Cat? Black Cat would bring the hot heat. It, it would bring something. Yeah. And bring the the boys with their money. Uh, and, I mean, I really can't think of anyone else that they haven't already used. Well, and I kind of think through things. You know, I really don't want to see the vulture. How about Craven? Ultimate Craven is totally cool. He's like a reality TV star. Yeah. Craven, to me, though, that's one you want to bring in. After you've you've kind of spent some time with Spider-Man, so you care as Spider-Man's being hunted and 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 that, but well, maybe that would work though. But uh, you would care Craven, because you'd be seeing a teenager getting hunted by a grown man. But Craven is the guy you bring in Dance. because he has learned about this guy who's out there, you know. And so he's I, Craven just feels like a sequel villain to me. I don't know. Oh, I can't I, I can't really so. think of anyone. I mean, Green Goblin is kind of the villain. I got it. Totally different. Okay. Totally different than the five times the Green Goblin's shown up before. Are you ready? Okay. Hobgoblin. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. I've actually seen some interesting stuff happen with Hobgoblin recently during Axis. So. You can bring in some of that spider totem stuff. and. Ugh. Oh, geez. It was Ezekiel. Yeah, sorry. Bring in sorry, Ezekiel. Agent Anderson, but... Yeah. Nobody's up for the totem stuff. Okay. So uh, do I read the next one or, or do you go ahead and... No, I'll go ahead and read it. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, the Mandarin isn't in Ant-Man, but he could be. So what's going on <laughs> is they have spotted some extras with 10 rings tattoos on their neck. And they're hanging around with actor Martin Donovan. Now, I was over on IMDb, Ben. Would you like to guess the name of the character that Martin Donovan is playing? Sure. Um, Todd Carlton? Uh, it's blank. Oh, okay. All right. All right. You look at the cast of Ant-Man and everybody's got a name except for Martin Donovan. All right. I'll, I'll be honest. I hope he's not in there. I mean, the one shot already kind of ruined it for me. But, you know, whatever. What happens, happens. So, well, you know, if they wouldn't bring the Ten Rings back. Yeah, I thought we were done with him. Yeah, but here's what here's what our boy said. He said, I guess anything is possible. That's not necessarily what we were currently thinking. But now that you said it, he <gasps> jokingly added, this is this is non uh, this, yeah. this is them asking a leading question and him giving them uh, an answer is like, well, I don't, I don't know. 
probably, I mean, it's not what we wanted to do, but you know, who knows? We've changed it before. We can do it again. So, are you ready? The next one. Let's hear it. The Hulk may actually be in Civil War. And what's going on here is Mark Ruffalo <laughs> recently said that Robert Downey Jr. told him that he was in Captain America Civil War. And Kevin said Hulk is not a primary part of Civil War. He may not be a part at all. So Hulk may be there. This says to me that they haven't finished writing the movie. I don't know what this it is. says to me that they're trying to get a world record for number of superheroes in a movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it, it It's already so crowded. It's not going to really cause any more crowding. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I, I think it's fine. If he's there, he's there. It's cool to see him. But if he's not, I guess we wait a little bit longer to find out where he went. And truly, no big deal if he's not to me. Yeah. Uh, because I know they're going to bring him back. I know he's going to be around for the next Avengers movies. So if he's not in Civil War, I'm okay with that. But I do know a lot of people, if he is in Civil War, uh, would really, really like that and appreciate that. So All right. Here, just let me take this next one. Yeah. Marvel will most likely be at the D23 Expo. D23 Expo. That's a, like a role-playing game thing. Like the D20, 20, D23 Expo dice, right? is the official expo of the Disney Corporation. So it's not a 23-sided no. dice. No, and I'll be blunt, to this try is and, no news. You know, create because some sort of uh, I went to the second D23 Expo about four or five years achievement. ago. What? Kill <laughs> Killing me. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm actually being informative. I went to the D23 Expo two to three times ago. They only have it every other year. Marvel already has a Sunday panel established. And when I was there for Avengers, they had the cast of the Avengers there for the big studio panel. So it's not really shocking. Yeah. Doesn't this just kind of make sense? I mean, it's it's a Disney thing, right? I'm just saying me and our DJ, our DJ were in the same hotel at the same time. And, and I'm just saying, just like you said, this isn't news because this just makes sense, right? Yeah, and Kevin loves this. He's not going for the, for the presentation. He's going to see what Figment's doing next. <laughs> Is that the comic book of the character that they... Created for the theme park and empire, yeah. And never used? No, they, he's got a great comic book. It's awesome. No, no, but they never used him as they no, intended they used, to. They, he's in the park now. He's at Epcot now. Is Just he? not. It's a different story for a different time. Okay. All right. All right. The Civil War story is small. The rest is not. And basically what they're saying is there's so many heroes in Civil War. We just have this simple little story. Simple little structure. That allows all the characters to exist. Yeah, and pits emotionally two main camps against each other. Yeah, and this he does say something that does give me some hope uh, for Civil War. Not that I was expecting it to be terrible, but here's what I wanted to hear him say. He says, it's very much a Captain America movie, and it's very much a sequel to The Winter Soldier in ways I don't think people will expect. And and that's something I really was was getting worried about. They made us some promises with Winter Soldier. And by promises, I mean they said 
this is the direction we're heading in. You've got Winter Soldier. He's staggering off into, you know, who knows where. He's going to be discovering himself. And you've got Captain America and Falcon looking for him. And and then every other superhero that's ever been in a Marvel movie is going to be in this movie, too. And and so it did get me a little worried about how, how crowded is this movie and how are they going to accommodate everyone and still bring us uh, a good story that they've kind of been teasing and promising. So, yeah, I'm I, I this news here encourages me. That's and I think that Civil War is kind of a complicated story to begin with. Well, that's, I, there's a lot of emotion that has to happen in Civil War. Civil War, the comic story, yes, it is a complicated story with a lot of moving parts and a lot, a lot, a lot of characters. Um, but you could very easily take that story and just follow Captain America and Iron Man and just make it about those two guys. And all the other characters are kind of in the background and coming in, coming alongside. And Cap Search for Bucky. Weaving through, weaving in and out. So... Yeah, we're just going to have to wait on that one see what happens. I'm excited about it. I feel a lot more comfortable with what we're going to get. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm excited as well. Now, Ben, I've been hearing a lot of good buzz about Ant-Man. Yeah, so have I. I've, I've heard that it's funny. I've heard it's entertaining. I've heard that you're never bored. I'm so I'm suitably James, excited. Guardians of the Galaxy director James Gunn today said it was his favorite MCU movie since Iron Man. Not uh, counting his own. Second favorite, yeah, because of, of Guardians of the Galaxy. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But here, Ant-Man 2 mm-hmm. could happen before Infinity War is over. Yeah, interesting. They're saying, hey, we're making more than we th- thought we were going to make, and we're already making more than we intended in the first place. And we like money. Yeah. Again, if it succeeds, why wouldn't you do a sequel? Well, and I... Again, going back to TV, this is what I feel they did with Daredevil. Daredevil proved to be a success. They announced a sequel, and they announced it before the entire cycle was over. It's going to be in before we get to Defenders. And so I like the fact that they're being a little nimble in their ability to change plans as needed. Now, what I don't want to see is an MCU movie every month. I'd be okay with that. Okay, I'd probably be okay with it, too. (laughs) I mean, as long as they're good. If they yeah. can keep up the level of quality, yeah, I, I'm I'm fine there. However, yes, if they kept it up and weren't able to sustain quality and all that. Hey, here's my problem. Disney's only only got so many slots, but it's not like they're making Tomorrowland 2. No, no, they aren't. But they are making Star Wars one a year, basically. They're, you know, charting. Got to get a Pixar out. Yeah, and, and they're charting two or three marvel movies every year and so i mean they're gonna start eating into their money pool a little bit and and i don't think they're gonna stop making money on these movies but i mean they might stop making you know half a billion dollars on them ant-man i'd be very surprised to see it again i'm just excited that they're being flexible i to me though these two-hour movies that we're spending with one character or, you know, two characters in the case of, like, Winter Soldier with uh, Captain America and, and Black Widow. Um, it's not a lot of time. And and so I do like the idea of seeing another Ant-Man movie. I want to see Thor 3. I want to see that now. I, I don't want to wait. I wanna, 
I want to see it on my screen. Yeah, I, I don't want to wait for Thor 3. And there's a whole bunch of other things they've announced that have you know, they're getting pushed back and pushed back. And so, yeah, I, I would love it if we had three Marvel movies and a Star Wars movie every year. Um, but, what, you know, what's going to happen? Uh, we'll see. But, yeah. So what's next? An upcoming origin movie. Hey, weren't we done with those? Could be set in the past. So Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Captain Marvel, the Inhumans, one of them could give us a first Avenger feel and be set in the past. Basically here what Kevin is saying is, is there are no rules. And so it doesn't have to be chronological. You can put it wherever they want to, just like we did with first Avengers. Again, I'm not sure exactly what this item is saying. Again, it, it sounds to me as if they asked him, hey, are one of these movies going to be in the past instead of you know, moving forward with the timeline? And his answer is certainly we could. There are no rules. I make them. I'm the great and powerful Kevin. But the thing to me is it says, okay, you know, we could. He's not saying yes. He's not saying no. And he's not offering the information. So which one do you pick to be in the past? Um, possibly, possibly Dr. Strange. I would also agree with Dr. Strange. Let's remember he was on the list. Yeah. The helicarriers were coming for him. That's what I'm, I mean, that's the thing I go to. I, I, Captain Marvel, I can't see really working as a past movie because we are, you know, we're charting, uh, from Iron Man forward. That's when superheroes started becoming more prevalent. You could do something with the Inhumans in the past. You could go way in the past with the Inhumans. And, I mean, theoretically, you could Black Panther, but that's Black... really his dad. T'Challa and Cap have to be friends. Uh, the thing with Black Panther that would work for me, though, is since it's not in the same, you know, it's not New York. It's not the U.S. It's uh, what seems to be an isolated country. And... And so if you have him, especially if he's not really super powered, and then you can have a situation where people know about him, but they don't even realize that he's like an Avenger or Avenger, um, Avenger level character uh, with, with power and that kind of thing. So Doctor Strange or Black Panther, but I would lean more towards Doctor Strange there. Hey, speaking of Doctor Strange, mm -hmm. there are some Doctor Strange vibes. In Ant-Man. What's that supposed to mean? No clue. Doctor Strange Post -credit? vibes in Ant-Man. Post-credit? Uh, that could be. That could Cause be. Because not mentioned in here, I believe we are getting a minute in a post-credit just to make up for the fact that they dropped us last time. I don't think it's to make up for that. It totally is. No. It's what fit the movie. Hmm. Uh, also, we're looking at the end of Phase 2. Which Ant-Man is technically the end of phase. Uh, but again, we have no idea. What the, we, we don't think this is a, a cameo. We don't think, but who knows? Here's what I predict. Here is what I predict. And this is not completely original with me. Um, and, and honestly, I don't know if it's at all original with me, what I'm about to say. But wouldn't it be awesome if the post credit scene is you see you know, Ant-Man and he's standing there and you hear this voice and it's it's uh it's Chris Evans. And he says, Avengers, I'm about to talk to you about the importance of this team. 
And then they pull back and he is tiny standing on Scarlet Witch's shoulder. And so he was in that scene the whole time. Someone, I think that's actually some feedback that we got from someone a couple months ago or something. And that is an awesome idea. So, yeah. So I can't claim that as mine. I mean, I can. You may need to get a sounder ready for later. I, I can claim it as mine, but I'm not going to claim it as mine. Let's put it that way. Now, this one makes me laugh. Okay. The Marvel TV characters will eventually appear in the movies. But let me read Kevin's quote real quick. As these shows come out, as they get into the culture, I think they're just what happens in these movies. Tools in the toolbox for some of those shows. What happens on those shows could be tools in the toolbox of the movies. I think that'll happen at some point. I think that'll happen at some point. Will eventually appear in the movies. Infinity War. That's where it's going to happen. (laughs) Well, and I think we all know that's where it's going to happen is Infinity War. That some of these Netflix characters, maybe even Phil Coulson, is going to show up in Infinity War. That's the purpose of Infinity War. Yes. But I do love the the proclamation that they will appear when Kevin says, I think that'll happen. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That one's not so much, uh, you know huge revelation and again a lot of these answers are non-committal committal answers um okay. hey mean, here's a here's a thing the, the next item actually rolls a, a a news item that we didn't talk about into into this one so uh let's let's do this the, the next guardians one. of the galaxy volume two We'll have some huge reveals. What? 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 There's going to be things that you, that are revealed. You know what would make me movie? excited? <laughs> if this said Cosmo will talk, that would have gotten me excited. Here's the thing: we forgot to talk about this, but Guardians of the Galaxy Two has an official title now. It's Volume Two. It's a it's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which. I like it. I, I, I have to say, I love the sound of that because it just feels so much. It just feels right for the universe. It feels right for the tone of Guardians of the Galaxy. Where it's like Guardians of the Galaxy, volume two. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and it just feels like that's the kind of thing that, that Star-Lord would, would, would say, you know, oh, oh, we'll just call this the Milano two, you know, whatever. So what's the big reveals, Ben? Well, uh, here's what Kevin says. He's very excited for it. And he he says, we and James are not resting on our laurels and just saying, here's another soundtrack, another space adventure. Although, between you and me, Daniel, and you, listener, that wouldn't be a bad thing. I mean, that that works for me. But then he goes on to say... He, he goes on to say there's a lot of very surprising additions to the movie and reveals in the movie that if I were to tell you now, you'd go, what? But when you see the movie, I hope it is just as surprising as Guardians 1 was the first time around. Uh, and this is where I just say, OK, I hope that Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is exactly what he's saying here. A good sequel to Guardians of the Galaxy 1. But so. No, no, Ben, what, what do you what? think the big reveals are going to be? Well, they're going to reveal things about Star-Lord and his maybe his dad. I think we're going to probably see his dad. I think that father-son relationships are going to be a big part of the movie. And if I'm going to predict what James Gunn is going to do, 
this is what my prediction would be. He would do something where he would take that Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader relationship and turn it upside down on its head and, and kind of do a, a sat- satirical commentary on that idea. But that's just, that's me going really specific with a prediction, probably too specific. And, you know, we have a, a Twitter follower who keeps sending us tweets basically saying, I'm listening to your old episodes and boy, were you wrong with your predictions? Talking about you, buddy. Uh, anyway, uh, and it's fun actually, uh, to get those tweets because I'm trying to remember, oh, what was it we predicted about this? And what was it we predicted about that? And so it is fun to get those tweets, but, um, it's, it, I, we're doing the same thing right now. I, I, I bring that up just to say here, I'm making a very specific prediction that may not. Uh, basically, what will happen is I will just interpret it as, yeah, that's the Darth Vader Luke Skywalker relationship turned upside down. <laughs> and it doesn't matter, you know, like even if we don't, the only way I'm wrong really is if there is no father figure and then I'm really wrong. But, and I think there's going to be a father figure. And that's because and we'll I find out be the Star Fox is in fact Star Lord's dad. Star Fox? Yeah. You mean from the Nintendo game? No, isn't Star Fox? Eros? Thanos' brother? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Come on, settle down. Well, All you're right. the one who brought up Bane. I, I know. I, did I was actually making a reference. <laughs> All right. Are you ready for the last one? Yeah. Kevin Brand, I won't direct Thor Ragnarok, but we'll find out who will soon. Okay. Do you think that person will find out soon? Yeah, I think that person already knows. Uh, my thing about this is I don't care about the Kevin Branagh stuff. You know, I don't. They're shooting down a, a rumor uh, about Ke- Kenneth Branagh coming back. Um, what excites me about this is they'll be f- they'll start filming middle of next year. So yes, we're still a year away from them actually to start filming. <sighs> I, I want to see these characters that I've already come to love and that I've come to enjoy. I want to see them again in their own movie, you know? And so I, I also want to see new characters and, and I can't have it both ways. I understand that, but I see this news item and it, it, it gives me a little bit of excitement. We're going to be see Thor Ragnarok eventually, eventually. And, I agree. Woo. That was a lot. Mm-hmm. A lot of news. Longest news segment ever. No. I'm going to say, I don't think this is our longest news segment no, I ever. Don't, I don't think it is either. Because we talk about this stuff all day long, buddy. Yeah. No, I, I think it's, this is... It is long, especially considering this episode was... If we didn't have this news item, this episode would be shorter than our news Oh, no, you you don't know. I have prepared remarks. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I'm actually going, I've got a, a stump. I'm going to stand on it. A pulpit I'm going to beat. It's going to be, it's going to be mad on the other side of the sounder. What? Mad? Crazy, man. Oh, okay. I can live with that. Let's do it then. Here comes our mission report. 
we got three comics we're basically talking about today, although two of our comics uh, wrap and roll a bunch of other stories into it. Um, yeah, but we're going to start with our main discussion, our main, our main primary reason for doing this, and that is inspired by the hit TV series, Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement Logistics Division, S.H.I.E.L.D. Issue 7. You asked for them, Quake... And Mr. Hyde. Ben, we have to set up some ground rules right now. What? I need to know what freedoms I have. Now, typically, we don't spoil. I know. And there's at least one portion of this comic that I want to talk about. One line that I would traditionally see as being a spoiler. Doesn't spoil the end of the story. But I think it's something that agents will be concerned with. Agents will want to know that this happened. And I've got a lot to say about what what happened here. There is. Yeah, this is an interesting issue. Because of the characters it's using. Our primary characters are indeed Phil Coulson. Uh, Fitz and Simmons are in here, but they're not really primary, although they do get a couple. Yeah, of good, what's new? They do get a couple of, of good moments, though. Uh, but our other character our team up character, if you would, uh, that's teaming up with Phil Coulson is Daisy Johnson, which I I've said in the past, couldn't be done. AKA quake, AKA sky. And, and in short, quake's got a problem. Her DNA is breaking down. So they go and they find a scientist who knows something about her DNA by the name of Calvin Zabo. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so and I, and I will say this again, fans of Tuesday night. As you get into this issue, especially, it really begins to feel like, especially after they depower him, that they really are using Kyle McLaughlin for the for the model. Oh, they are for the using inspiration him. of the model. Yeah, it does not just feel that way for me. I I think that that is exactly what they are doing, uh, and not just the model for the artwork. I think that the relationship and some of the lines that he has where he's talking about his feelings for his daughter, I feel like that's coming straight from the TV show. Yeah, there's a page that begins day two. There's a, a frame toward at the very top of the page. And in that panel, he really does look like Kyle McLaughlin. Yes. And, and I haven't read much with Mr. Hyde in the past. But again, I'm looking here at another page. There's a circle panel. It looks like Kyle McLaughlin. Straight on. Now, now Chloe Bennett, I would say, is not being used as the model per se for Quake. No. no. But I would say they're softening the Quake model so that it's getting closer to Chloe. But I, I today I was reading Bucky Barnes, uh, the Winter Soldiers Collected Edition, Volume One, and in that the the quake model was a little bit sterner, a little bit rougher, where I do feel like as this volume as this issue got further in, they were softening up her face to the point where she was looking more Chloe-esque. Again, at, there's a page where at the bottom, uh day three, um, she's getting a shot and she's kind of screaming out. And you look at that face, uh, her and Phil it really begins to look like Chloe where we haven't seen Quake before look like Chloe. 
Not as drastic as Kyle McLaughlin, though. No, absolutely not. Here's the thing. This whole issue, I mean, this is set in the Marvel 616 universe, as far as we know. As far as we know, this is 616, which means the traditional Marvel comic universe. The thing is, to me, uh, a lot of this is just written for and to people who watch the show. And, and so you have, uh, you, you have Cal, you have, you know, uh, you know, crazy Papa, you know, he is there. He is acting the way he does in the show. You have, um, Quint. Well, it feels acting the way he does in the show in the sense that you have the tension between Calvin and Phil. Yeah, well, um, there's there's a line. You have a pet name for my daughter. How sweet. Uh, because Phil explains why they, call him, why they call him. We need a Sky. spoiler sounder before we talk about that. I'm, I'm just saying, well, we know what the name is. It's Sky. But the question is, well, why? Why would you call her Sky? Well, why would they call her Sky? Because they call her Sky in the TV show. And so they just like with with Coulson, you know, they're, they're gonna they're gonna bring him in and they're gonna, um, you know, tie him into what, the way he acts in the TV show. Well, let's let's get that in here. And it's it's Coulson's name for her, and that's cool. He, so you've you've outed it. You've outed the line. You didn't even play a spoiler. What? But yes, I said I had no idea. By the way, just sit back and relax, Ben. I said several times I had no idea how they would actually bring Daisy into this book. Yes, you have said that the, several times. The reason being is in the second volume of Secret Avengers, and when I say volume, I mean run here. In, in that volume, it really was the director of S.H.I.E.L.D., Daisy Johnson slash Quake, was disavowed by S.H.I.E.L.D., and she became a fugitive from the new director, Maria Hill. Um. In that running across the earth trying to escape from Maria Hill and all of her helicarriers, she eventually teamed up with Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier. Later, Bucky Barnes would replace Nick Fury as the man on the wall, Earth's protector and assassin supreme. And he collected a sidekick, Daisy Johnson slash Quake. And so Daisy hasn't been on Earth and Daisy's been a fugitive from S.H.I.E.L.D., now, I will say that one of the things that makes me a little like, hmm, how did they do that? Is at the beginning of the issue, Daisy does just walk right into the story. And Phil's not trying to apprehend her. Um, no S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are, are trying to stop her. And in fact, she's in the jumpsuit. She's she in is. the traditional yeah. jumpsuit she's in. So something has happened that has made her no longer a fugitive. I don't know if she's reconciled with Hill. I don't know if Phil has done something. Um, because it becomes clear in this edition, this issue, that Phil has a deep relationship with Daisy. Yeah. That we've never seen. Um, so. Well, but how much have we actually seen Phil? I mean, he's he's been in comics. He's been in what was it, uh, Secret Avengers or? He's been in two volumes of Secret Avengers. And he's been here. And then he's he actually Phil shows up quite a bit in comics as the guy who's like the three frame guy. So if Hill needs to talk to a competent agent, a lot of times they pull Phil in. Here's what happens here, though. She walks right in. She's in her outfit, the the shield jumpsuit. For me, as someone who is not familiar with all that stuff you're talking about, it doesn't matter. I accept her as an, a shield agent. But I also accept that, 
you know, her her bone structure is being affected by her powers, right? Yes, well, well, because it happened in the show. Yeah, totally. I mean, this is this is a comic book written for people that if you are not into comics, again, every single issue from issue one to now, if you are not into comics but you're aware of Marvel characters and you watch the show, this comic is for you. This comic, it may not be perfect. It may not be exactly what you want in, in your style of storytelling that you're, you prefer. But it is written to try and pull in, I believe, viewers of the show who want to, you know, see superheroes and see those show characters interact with superheroes. Why else would Fitzsimmons have been, I think you coined the, the, the verb, we already had the verb to MCU something. Why else would Fitz and Simmons be 616? Why? Because we want to see them. And the other thing I was thinking about, Daniel, is, I mean, 10 times the audience of this comic book watched the TV show. More than that. I, I, I say 10 times. That's without doing any math and without looking at any numbers. But I know it's, it's more than 10 times the people who buy this comic are, are watching the show. And this is not even a top 50 comic, Ben. Yeah. No, the only reason it's being printed is, I believe, to create graphic novels that go along with the TV show. And I, I would concur. But, you know, Ben, with all of that going on, mm -hmm. they still found a way. And I, and I do think that they didn't have to because, as you say, Daisy just walked straight into the story and you accepted it. They still find a way to deal with the baggage of what occurred in Bucky Barnes' Winter Soldier by tying the nickname that Phil has for her, the pet name of Skye, to her recent uh -huh. events. Oh. Because he points out, oh, yeah, she's been in space a lot lately. Okay. Which is a yeah. direct connection to Bucky Barnes' the Winter Soldier, Man on the Wall. So that's why he gave her that nickname. Yeah. Huh. So again, they still connect it, and I didn't even feel like they had to, but they they've done it. They've done it. They've brought in the Sky nickname into Marvel Comics, and they somewhat made it logical with what has occurred recently. Again, I still don't know how Daisy is no longer a fugitive from Shield and got her jumpsuit back, but there she is. She's Sky now. There she is. Uh, and you know what? The truth is. For me, how she got it back, I'm I'm really not even curious still. I mean, even knowing what you've just told me, uh, these seven issues of this comic book are basically, you know, they're self-contained. And I don't need to know all that other stuff. The, that is a problem, though. I, I could see that being a problem anyway. If I was knee-deep in, in, in Quake's story. And... Yeah, does it bother you that you don't have those answers? Well, again, I'm a little bit more involved. That's why I'm asking. Does it bother yeah. you? I'm willing to live with it because when they actually did it and they pulled it off and they called her Sky, I, I instantly messaged you and said, you must read this ASAP. It has been written for us. And, and so maybe, again, Ben, sit back again and relax. One of the things I, I've asked for a few things in life. <coughs> Thanos to appear in a movie, a tie-in comic book. This issue, issue seven, is that book. It finally happened. It's right here. 
this was written for us. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans, MCU fans, Daisy, Quake, Mr. Hyde, Phil Coulson. This is our tie-in comic book right here. They finally did it. Now, this is where I, I don't want to play spoiler music, so we're not going to spoil much. I am going to say now, I said already, Fitz and Simmons, they each get a moment, you know, and they get some good lines in there. Uh, Phil Coulson has a moment that happens after what we were just talking about. There is a heroic moment for Phil Coulson that is what I would call a fist pump moment. I do I would not agree. pump my fist. I just, I'm more reserved than that. But inwardly, in my heart, in that part of my brain where the soul is connected to the physical body, my fist was pumping. But it's also a moment that if you're an MC, a Phil Coulson fan, it's an exciting moment for you because it does show you the deep emotional relationship she, he has with other characters in the book. And it shows you what Phil Coulson is willing to do for his friend, for his family. So all things considered, I look at this comic and I say to myself, yeah, listener, read it. I, I think you'll enjoy it. And for all any any flaws that might be there, which there is some art that kind of isn't the greatest that uh, as I'm looking through it, but uh, it does have a nice. I like the style, I like the cartoony style, and they are doing that bouncing around from artist to artist. And this is a different one too. The art here is um, Greg Smallwood, but. Yeah, there's some good stuff in here. There's some clever stuff in here. There's some moments where things happen that you're, oh, I didn't expect that. But once it happens, it makes sense. And it's it's a good read. It's a good read. Definitely worth buying at least the collection when issues 7 through 12 are collected or whatever they're going to be. I don't know how they're going to do the collection for this, if they, especially if they're canceling in just a couple issues. And and restarting it with something else. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, issues one through six definitely feel like a collection. Yeah. And when you talk about the future, here's what we know for sure. When I say we're we're talking about the future, and for us, the next issue has Mockingbird. Mm-hmm. Now, it'll be blonde Mockingbird, most likely. But you never know. They may change the model a little bit. And then the next well, issue is the, Howard the Duck, from the another cover, prominent MCU character. The cover for next issue is Mockingbird and, and Melinda beating up some bad guys. And she's blonde. And she's wearing the jumpsuit that, that she has worn in the past. Um, and, you know, you, I, it's just possible. It's just possible that uh, she'll bring along her friends from the Great Lakes Avengers to... To join her in her fight against crime and to help Melinda May. Not that Melinda May needs help, but if the Great Lakes Avengers are there, you know, let them help. They're nothing if not earnest. So. Wow, that got weird. Hey, so. Wait, wait, wait. (laughs) You can't talk about Mockingbird the way you do and then accuse me of being weird. 
I'm just going to put no, that no, out No, mine's there. completely rational. I'm just so. putting it out there. But All right. So Doorman. Has the coolest power ever. You step through his body, and you're actually stepping through the wall that he's standing next to. Tell me that's not going to come in handy when you're trying to infiltrate a bad guy's base. I'm just saying there's an inhuman who does the same thing, except he sends you to the place that you most need to go. Yeah, that's just too much power. Too much power. Anyway, should we talk about Ant-Man? Yeah, uh, we could probably do these Ant-Man ones quick. Well, I'm, I'm going to briefly give an overview of the, the Ant-Man graphic novel and tell you that I do recommend uh, the Ant-Man graphic novel as at least a borrow. At least a borrow. And here's why. Uh, in this, gra- this graphic novel, it has the two issues of the Ant-Man tie-in comic, Ant-Man Prelude. Uh, those are, it's a decent story and it has that Agent Carter cameo in it. Uh, there is then, <laughs> uh, uh, Ant-Man prologue that is called Ant-Man Scott Lang colon small time. It's a short story. It's a very short story. It's setting up why he's in prison. Uh, the only bad thing about it to me is that they do pull their punch a little bit. By making sure you recognize that, yes, he's a thief, but he only steals from people who deserve it. Does he have a heart of gold? Wink, wink. Certainly seems to. That story is not a real selling point to me. What is a selling point for this graphic novel is that it features uh, a two-part issue of of, uh, Marvel Premiere featuring the Astonishing Ant-Man. It's Marvel Premiere number 47 and Marvel Premiere number 48. And this is a good you know 1970s late 70s marvel superhero adventure and and it is scott lang becoming ant-man and hank pym basically at the end giving his blessing because hank pym at that point is is yellow jacket um it's a nice little story there what i like about it actually is the the uh ending which i'm not going to spoil but the ending of that second part how he wins the battle is not the way you would typically have a superhero win a battle, but it makes sense. And I, I really like that. Um, the final story in this is that Ant-Man an issue one that came out recently that we've already talked about that you and I both really, really enjoyed uh, Ant-Man issue number one as a single story, even knowing there's going to be more happening, but as a single story, I love it. Beginning to end Ant-Man issue one is a great comic story. One of the best comic stories I've read in a long time. I haven't been that impressed with the series itself since then, but that, that first issue is, is phenomenal. And then there's a, um, age of Ultron book 10, which I didn't read because I, I don't want to read issue 10 of, you know, a, a long series. So I didn't read that, but I do recommend the graphic novel, at least as a borrow. It has some good Ant-Man stories, gives you a good ba- background and basis to, to say, ah, there's, that's what Ant-Man's all about. I like it. And I, and I make you this promise, sir. Yes. I'll attempt to borrow it sometime in the future. If I remember, <laughs> I don't think I can ask for more than that. I will consider it. Okay. Mull it over. So Ben, we have another one. Yes, uh, and, and this was has a similar, us by a similar setup. Yeah, yeah, flagged to us by a listener. Another MCU title that didn't have the black circle, 
um, much like the uh, Avengers Operation Hydra comic that we talked about last time. Yeah, um, there's, there's also. A- there's a this symbol. one was also written by Corona Pilgrim. Yeah, there's a symbol that says Marvel Cinematic Universe official tie-in. And when you see that symbol, you know, oh, this is tied into the movies I like. What is going on with these, Daniel? I don't know, but I really think they need to keep the symbol up just so we know. <sighs> now, go ahead and, and, and talk about the story itself, but oh, go ahead. Uh, the uh, Hank Pym... Hangs out with ants. Go ahead, play the crickets. <laughs> I don't have them set up right now. You really should have because he hangs out with ants. He learns to talk to the ants. He has an adventure with ants. How many pages? It's all about Hank and the ants. How many pages is that story? I mean, is One. it like ten? This is a this is a three ninety nine book. Which most Marvel comics are these days. They come with a digital code, and so they're three ninety nine. But I reading this, it's twenty. That the Ant Man story is twenty pages. It's twenty pages. You're kidding which 20, me. Twenty two pages for three ninety nine is what you typically get. Now you do get the bonus me. in here. No, it's twenty pages. Oh, you do get man. the bonus. You get Tales to Astonish twenty seven material. Yes, which and what is... I'm assuming is Tales to Astonishment. Oh, not 28, 35. Yeah, yeah. Which are the first two Hank Pym stories, which are also similar in the sense that he learns to talk to ants. But did you, I mean, did you read them though? Because I, I, I did. I liked those. Those are what almost makes it worth the three ninety nine to me. That first story is I've a one off sci fi story. And I can't story. remember where. That first. Uh, I read them in Ultimate back when I had it. <laughs> That first story is is a one-off sci-fi story about a guy who learns how to shrink uh, because of a scientific thing that he creates, and he shrinks, and then he's like, oh, man, this is dangerous. I shouldn't do this. I'm going to get rid of that. And so then, I'm going to do it again seven months later. Seven months later, we're, we're going to bring him back and actually make him a superhero, which is it works. It works. I mean, it makes sense. It, it, it's classic Stan Lee type of, you know, oh, hey, let's bring back that Ant-Man guy, you know, and um, Larry Lieber. And, and so then you have this Jack Ant-Man. Kirby. Yeah. Yeah. And a then quick you, question. His Is first, there ever a character that Jack Kirby drew that he didn't turn into a Neanderthal? Uh, probably. Well, Machine Man. I'm just not a Jack Kirby guy. I have become... More of a Jack Kirby guy, not just a Jack Kirby is the king because he's, you know, he's a foundation. He's a, f- a founding father of of superhero, modern superhero storytelling. But um, his his uh, 2001 back to come back to Comic Book Time Machine, go to ComicBookTimeMachine.com. You can find some of my comments about his 2001 series that he did. Oh, my goodness. It is. Insane. It is craziness in all the best ways. So that said, Daniel, <laughs> uh, this comic that, that you're holding in your hands right now that I'm looking at a screen right now, um, it, it just the, the, the new material for the movie related stuff. It just doesn't feel important. It just doesn't feel no. like it's a story that deserves to be told or has to be told. It's just a little event that happens to Hank, Hank Pym early in his Ant-Man career. 
See, here, let's figure out if this is a buy at all. Ben, I've purchased the physical comic. You did not have time to, so I gave you my code, which it sounds like the entire volume was it, including the, the yeah, reprints it was were all in there. there. It was all there. Yep. So here's the question, Ben. Mm-hmm. Am I going to get a return code so that I can have a digital copy? Or are we both going to just wipe our hands of this incident? Well, here is the question I have for you. I mean, I was going to ask you this off microphone, but Daniel, do you want a digital copy? I'm good. Okay. Because if you do, I am totally going to buy it. I'm fine. I'm I'm totally going to buy it Thursday, my day off. I'm heading to the comic shop. I'm going to grab it off the shelf. But since you don't want your digital copy... Uh, maybe what I'll do is I'll send you two bucks and we can. Split. No, no. Go ahead. And if you're going to buy it, go ahead and send me the digital copy because you never want it when I might want to have access okay. to those reprints. I am not planning on buying it then. But if you were going to buy, but if you're not going to buy it. Yeah. Let's just shake our hands and move on, sir. Okay. Because you've read it. Shake the. See the need to have it. <laughs> shake the dust from our feet. After reading it. <laughs> then I'm fine with not getting okay. it. Yeah, if you, I, I don't if you get it. I'll take the code. But if you don't, I don't feel bad that summer. I read it. I, I don't mind that I read it. Um, I, I think it's a is a, a good enough story, but it just doesn't have any moment to it. it. And that's a completionist right there. He's a completionist when it comes to these. It doesn't, doesn't have the st- it, it doesn't have the label on it. No, it doesn't have hey. the official tie in stamp on it. So there you um, go. Marvel Comics put the label on. Ben would have bought it. I would have. I would have. But no label. He's not going to do it because it's not. Wow. Um, how, how should our listeners deal with this? I I, I say <laughs> borrow, read in the store. But you, you don't need to spend your 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 three ninety nine on this, um, unless you like old old Marvel tales. You know, if if you do like old Marvel tales, it's worth it because you're getting you're getting those two early Ant Man Hank Pym stories. But it's less than half of the. I, I can't believe I read that, and it did not feel like I was reading a twenty-two page story. It's twenty pages. I would have guessed ten or eleven. Well, twenty-one 10 or, 10 if you 12. include the credit page, and there might be a title page to make it twenty-two. Yeah, man, that's a standard comic, three ninety-nine. It's a good deal. It, it is if you're looking strictly at the content as you know page count, but yeah, we're, but we're totally not. Okay. All right. Well, well, there. That's our MCU related comics report for this month, and I think it's time for us to move on to some listener feedback mail. Let's do it, brother. All right. Let's do it. Shield Field Report. Okay, we've got three items here. Uh, three short items. Uh, one is from our listener Mark, and he says. Uh, Subject, speculation on Ant-Man and Marvel Phase 2. Hey, all, I just had a thought to share about my speculation about Ant-Man and how it could make sense that the movie is still Phase 2. My speculation is that Ant-Man occurs before or during the events in Avengers Age of Ultron, which won't be revealed to the audience until the very end, where we may see Scott Lang's point of view of the same new Avengers lineup scene we get in Avengers Age of Ultron. (laughs) This is how I think would solidify Ant-Man as a phase two movie and keep an Avengers movie technically at the end of a phase. It would also explain away any necessary backstory on why Scott Lang is in Captain America Civil War. 
Well, I thought I might share via email since it's kind of long for Twitter. <laughs> hey, Daniel. Play it. Play it. Yeah, Daniel, remember when I uh, was giving credit to a, a listener that I couldn't remember because yeah, well, it was Mark. It, it was this one. Yeah. The new prize winner <laughs> of the day. I feel kind of stupid right now. But on the other hand, this worked out nicely. It was there. This worked out very, very nicely. I told you to have the sounder ready. How did you know? You told us that you thought it was in feedback. I thought it was in feedback from like an episode or two ago. I had never heard it. Okay, well. Hence, I knew it was coming. And it sure enough came. And Joey said hence. All right. right. Uh, Next, sir. Next is from Agent Flanders, and the subject line is Season 1, Fitzsimmons, plus some thoughts on Season 2. Hello, fellow agents. Agent Flanders here. I was just rewatching Season 1 finale, and I noticed the part about the Benz. The Benz, not the Benz. About the Benz and Fitzsimmons being 90 feet down. As a rescue diver. This is why podcasting is so awesome, by the way, Daniel. Uh, you got a question? Someone out there is going to have the answer. As a rescue diver, I can say that being that far down can give you the bends as stated. 90 feet down, though, and headed straight to the surface will not be enough to cause significant loss of oxygen to cause Fitz's brain damage during season two. At most, it would be dry drowning. The human body will not allow water into the lungs for at least half an hour, give or take. So he would be fine, minus the bends, which is pretty painful in and of itself. Also, with season two, where is Black Bolt? I know the Inhumans movie is not for a few years, and that Vin Diesel is most likely cast as Black Bolt. But I'm sure he'd love to do a cameo on the show as a fellow geek, even if it's just him standing off, up off a, even if it's just him standing up off a throne and giving a shrug, sigh as uh, much as Black Bolt does without destroying a few buildings or the solar system. As if to say, fine, I'll deal with those crazy rogues. Uh, thank you for being, uh, thank you both for the amazing podcast and keeping me sane at work. Uh, Agent Flanders out. Uh, so that's, <sighs> that's uh, good. Yeah. Good stuff. Dry drowning. Never heard of it in my entire life. So we're educational. <laughs> we are. You get Not insight. That we brought anything. You get insight from me about... The writing process, <laughs> and uh, and then actually you get insight. lessons on how to be cool from me. Sure, yeah. Okay. Daddy-o. So then we got an email from Agent Stu or Lestu, and subject line is: "This is a valid a valid argument to make." Okay, are you ready? Yeah. He sent us a picture. It's one of those meme things, you know, and it has Thor and he's got a nice grin on his face. And then it's got Captain America and he's kind of looking, uh, cons- not concerned. What's this? That look says, you know, oh, really? Really? And Thor is quoted as saying, my friend Heimdall can observe anyone in the nine realms. And then Captain America has the words that say two years, Thor. I've been searching for Bucky for two years. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, uh, Agent Lestu, that is a valid argument to make. And we appreciate hearing from everyone. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are continuing our journey through Daredevil throughout the summer. 
And our next episode of Welcome to Level 7 will be about Daredevil, episode 4, uh, In the Blood, I believe is the title of that episode. And if you have any thoughts about Daredevil, I mean, if you don't want to send us thoughts about individual episodes or anything like that, send us your thoughts about the series as a whole, and we'll take those thoughts and, and we'll definitely, uh, you know, we'll wait until that final episode before we, we do read those thoughts. But, you know, send them to us now so we can have them ready, ready to go. And uh, we're, I, I'm enjoying the second viewing of Daredevil. Uh, it's it's taking a little longer than I would have liked, but you know, Daniel, I, I was I was at four camps working at four camps for kids in the course of three weeks, and so that kind of put a damper on pretty much any viewing or recording of anything I was going to do. Uh, but real life has slowed down a little bit, and that allows me to spend more time in the fantasy world of Marvel and the cinematic universe. So that said, thanks for listening. You can check us out. Welcome to love7.com, all that stuff. Listen to the sounder, the end credits here, and uh, we'll give you information about how you can contact us. We love hearing from you and love giving no, no prizes. Actually, love not giving no prizes or not giving prizes that are no uh, anyway. Um, but thank you for listening. And uh, I look forward to hearing from you and be talking to you soon. Daniel, you have any final words for us? Any, any words of wisdom to give to the, the kids out there? Well, you know, I'll be honest. You talked a real long time right there. So I found myself looking around my office, the hub, seeing my pop vinyls, seeing my haunted mansion tombstones. Seeing my little Yoda hand puppet from when I was a kid. And you know what I said to myself? I said, what is this place? Besides my own personal Disneyland, that is. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one seventy seven fifty five level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls, and you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening, and remember, Welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. So, Ben. Yeah. Did you know what June was for Marvel Comics? Nope. It was Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Variant Month. Oh, that's right. With all of the uh, art of Level 7 posters that they did for each of the episodes. You want to hear the real exciting news? I do. My local comic book shop, my LCS... In the past, they've charged me nine ninety nine for each one of those. Yeah. This time around, a buck net five ninety nine. So only a buck. Okay, two bucks more <laughs> than the regular. Math is hard. But the other thing is, is I've never read those before. Those issues because they've all been for books, as you have pointed out, that are unconnected to Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. except for this time, Shield number seven got a variant cover. What was not the that my store had one? it? 
What, which one was the variant cover on that? Um, it was the one that looked like the old style comic book. <sighs> okay. That's the so, one variant I actually want. Well, my store didn't have that one. So I actually got that one off of eBay, made an offer. Boom. Got it. Got it cheap. Still cheaper than I've gotten them in the past. But I've never read any of those variant covers because I didn't want to come into the middle of a story. And uh, these were all number ones except for that shield. So I read Thor's, Weird World. All of them were Battleworld ones. Yeah. So I actually read them. Didn't use the codes, though. Didn't use the codes because I didn't want to devalue the comic by removing the sticker. (laughs) Oh, okay. Fair enough. So it was a banner June because, again, I now have three, though, again, I'm still waiting for shield number seven to come in the mail. But I have three years of shield variant covers. So I'm kind of committed. Yeah. Or stupid. Yeah, that's the one variant cover I actually wanted was that that uh, that looked like the old school comic book. I actually looked on the website to see if they still had it as a print. And that's the Ooh. one print that's sold out oh really yeah because they only made a hundred of each of those it's fifty dollars for each one uh and that's the one that's actually sold out that tells me that those didn't sell very good because two years ago they were selling like hotcakes at a hundred bucks yeah well i would have considered briefly and probably wouldn't have gone through with it but i would have considered buying it well i have them all and I spent five ninety nine. That's great. And I got to read the new Spider Man story that I can't remember about him still being married to Mary Jane. Yeah, I read that. I well, we're Thor's man. Thor's. Now that's interesting. Stay tuned. To welcome to level seven dot com. Weird world. That was good. No, it's it's Thor's occurs in world weird world. Really. Yes, it, it does. does. There's a murder. There's been five of them. And the last murder, the one that we come in on, is in Weird, Weird World. Huh. Well, I'm not sure where Weird, Weird World is going, but I also bought the graphic novel for the original Weird World stuff from the late 70s and early 80s. It's pure 70s, fantastic fantasy pure 70s well i think june was just practice for september when i start buying more comics again well september there's gonna be a lot of shield books to buy one a week we're gonna be poor yeah all right well that's enough talking about comics i think we should stop talking now (laughs) gonna go to sleep now (laughs) i should stop recording